When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dyslexia Devoted. I'm so glad you're joining me today because I have a special guest for you. My friend Kelly from Handwriting Solutions is here to talk to us all about handwriting. Before we jump into that, I have a special favor to ask of you. If you could share this podcast with a friend, that would mean the absolute world to me. Because I've learned in the world of podcasting, most people get their podcast not from some sort of social media post, but from a friend. So if you could share this post with a friend. So if you could share this podcast with a friend, it would mean the absolute world to me so that we can keep spreading the word about dyslexia to as many people as possible. So parents, educators, anybody who you think could really benefit from it. Just as a heads up before I hit play on the interview, I'm aware there's some audio issues at the beginning of the episode. We were trying to help Kelly get sorted out with a brand new microphone, so just be a little forgiving as we were trying to get technology to be our friend, and sometimes it just chooses not to be so friendly. All right, without further ado, let's jump in and learn from Kelly. Hi, Kelly. I'm so glad to be interviewing you today. Uh, my audience members, I am interviewing Kelly from Handwriting Solutions so that she can talk to us all about handwriting because as parents and educators of kids with learning differences, you know their handwriting can sometimes be atrocious. So I thought Kelly would be the perfect person to have on our podcast for this week. So Kelly, tell us a little about yourself and how you got so interested in teaching handwriting to kids. Thank you so much, Lisa. First of all, just again, thank you for asking me to be on the podcast because I love sharing my passion about handwriting and why it's so important and also how we can help these kids. So how I got started, I previously was a pediatric occupational therapist. So I've practiced in outpatient um, pediatrics for many, many years. And then I also was an adjunct professor teaching pediatrics um, in an OT program. And once I had my daughter and I realized some of the struggles that she was having starting in kindergarten, first grade, and she eventually got her dyslexia and dysgraphia diagnoses. And I was stuck. I was lost. I absolutely found some help for the dyslexia piece. It feels like there's so much more research out there and, and providers and tutors and education. And so that piece of it was easy, but the dysgraphia piece, I was, I was totally lost. And even as an OT, 
I was like, they did not teach us about this in college. So I really just came at it from a place of personal need of how can I help my my daughter? And so I took all the trainings. I read all the research. I read all the books. I just did a deep dive in all things handwriting and all things dysgraphia. I was able to help her. And then her friends started asking for help. And so thus Handwriting Solutions was born. And we now serve children around the world uh, virtually through handwriting tutoring. And really beyond dyslexia, because we kids with dyslexia can struggle with handwriting. We know that kids with ADHD can struggle. We know that neurotypical kids, um, particularly during these pandemic COVID years. So, you know, um, it's really cool to kind of fill that gap and, and be the resource for these families when their kids so desperately need help. So that's kind of how how it all came to be. That is such a wonderful story and so similar to my own. I learned nothing about teaching kids with dyslexia in any of my teaching programs. And it wasn't till I went, you know, deep diving into all the nerdiness of it all that I learned more. And it's unfortunate that as educators, we have to do that. But at the same time, it's so nice that you have created a business that helps kids in a way that unfortunately, a lot of schools and educators don't know how to help them. So one of the things that comes to mind is I know I've had so many parents say, well, writing's outdated. Nobody needs to curse. If it doesn't matter if their handwriting is a mess, we're going to type everything anyway. Why do we really need to improve handwriting? So I would love to hear, I have my own opinions that I'm pretty sure align with yours, but I would love to hear it from you. Why do you think that it is so important for students to improve their handwriting, especially in the digital age of so many things being typed out? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is definitely a popular um, myth and a opinion and so on. So few things actually that I want to talk about here. Um, first of all, the research explicitly shows that when children write by hand, they fire more parts of their and so the neurology supports humans. They are retaining the information better when they write by hand versus typing and so on. So the research is there. That in itself should be should show the importance of handwriting, but also literacy. So often people think literacy is reading, and and that's part of it. But writing is also equally a part of literacy, and we can't leave that part out. So when we think about reading, that's that's the decoding of the word, but we should be able to get that back out from our brain to the paper, and that's that encoding piece. And being able to write by hand only makes their reading stronger. And the research also, Dr. Berninger um, talks about this in her book, that being able to write by hand in first grade and second grade improves a child's reading ability. And then being able to write in cursive in third and fourth grade improves their spelling and their written composition, which I just think is is so cool. So, you know, coming at it from a science standpoint, absolutely handwriting is important. It also is just an important life skill. So even beyond these academic years, we really need to have these, these 
skills for writing and communication because writing is our language by hand. Awesome. I was I was writing notes while you were talking because I had some great connections to what you were saying and I didn't want to forget them. Just uh, a week or two ago, I did an episode about how AI helps and hurts kids with learning differences. And in that, I have seen a bunch of teachers start requiring t- kids in middle school and high school to start writing essays by hand because so many kids had been cheating that they have to be, write by hand to prove that they're not just using chat GPT. Although, you know, I'm sure they could find some way around that rule too. But it is something that I've seen. And then so many of these kids have gotten used to, well, I didn't really have to learn how to write very nicely. I'm going to type everything. And now they're kind of stuck. One of the other things that I was thinking about as you were talking was the way that when I teach kids to read for their dyslexia and teach them to spell better, their handwriting a lot of times naturally gets better. I'm not even teaching them explicitly anything about handwriting or sizing of letters or anything. I might tell them, you know, that letter goes below the line. But in general, a lot of times their handwriting actually naturally improves as their ability to make those stronger letter sound connections. And their handwriting actually gets better as they get better interventions because their brain is making so many more connections. And it's always so amazing when I show the kids you know, their handwriting on the first week they came to me and compared to their handwriting six months later, they're like, wow, we didn't even practice handwriting. How did that happen? And it, there, it is so ingrained that it goes back and forth both directions. It's so important. All right. Our next question. I've noticed so many more students, especially the older ones who are struggling with proper letter formation since the pandemic when they weren't in classrooms. And a lot of times parents didn't know, you know, how to teach a kid to hold a pencil properly when they were in, you know, first, second grade. I've got a seventh grader right now who has no idea how to hold a pencil. And it's so hard to teach him the right way when he's so much older and not so motivated being, you know, a 13-year-old boy. And it's one of those things I've seen a lot of, and I've even taught some kids cursive because their printing was so atrocious, I didn't even know how to repair it. And I'm wondering if you are seeing this too, and what you think that we can do to help these older kids who are really struggling with writing because they weren't in school in the years that you normally learn to write neatly. 100% I am seeing this. And, you know, a lot of times parents come to me and they're they're lost you know they're they're not sure the school isn't really helping um the teacher may or may not even say you know that there's a struggle there but the parents seeing that struggle and a few things one i want to just remind parents that it is never too late um our brains are plastic and we can learn new skills across the lifespan so if anybody ever says oh your child's in third grade now they they're not going to be able to improve their handwriting or their pencil grasp. That is 100% not true. Given the right tools and um, some motivation, that sure helps too. They will be able to improve. As far as how we go about this, it's really goes back to building up those foundational skills that they might have missed. So maybe they don't have a learning disability. Maybe it truly is missed instruction. We just go back to the basics and go back to those foundations, explicitly and systematically teach that to the child, um, build up any of their lagging skills. So if they are lagging skills in fine motor or visual motor or their posture or their strength or any of those foundational skills, we would build those those lagging skills up in order to get um, that fluency. And I love what you pointed out earlier about how sometimes, it, sometimes the handwriting does improve with 
trust from some reading intervention. And I've seen that both ways. Um, And I've seen it personally, as well as with our clients too, because of that cognitive load too. So you're, you're teaching them phonological skills so that when they go to write, they're not having to think so heavily about phonological skills, letter formation, line placement, spacing, spelling. There's all of these things that go into actually getting the letters and words out of their brain. And so you're taking off a piece of that because you're explicitly teaching that. And that's essentially what we do with handwriting tutoring as well. We explicitly teach and we build up those lagging skills so that they can essentially become a habit and a routine for this child. So when they do go to write, they're not having to sit there and think about how to form the letter F. They can actually think about what they're writing about. And so all of that is going to lead to that fluency and automaticity with writing. But to come full circle, no, it's never too late. The quick wins, I think, are really effective for the older population. Often, if they've struggled with handwriting for a while, you're going to have some frustration, some avoidance. Um, that, that motivation may not be there, but I promise if you can come at it and, and use their strengths, come at it from a strengths-based perspective, um, give them some quick wins because they need some positivity in their life if they're struggling they're getting frustrated and we don't want to add to that frustration. So give them some quick wins, build on their strengths, find out their interests. If you can find their interest out and get them motivated to write in that way, that is wonderful. Also, so much of handwriting practice doesn't have to be this redundant rote copying and all of this. We can make it fun. We use multi-sensory skills to embed that learning and really facilitate those neural connections. And so I've never had a kid not come to tutoring and be like motivated because it is fun. And then they see their progress and that's what's really cool. Then, like you said, six months down the road, we pull out those first samples and they're like, what? that's so cool. Um, so we can get there with these older kids too. It's not too late. Absolutely. Yes. I've had so many people be like, well, teaching phonics is boring. And I was like, actually, it depends on how you do it. I don't have any kids who say they don't want to come today because they're not motivated to come. The kids bounce in the room and are super excited. And it's just all about how you show them to do these things that can be boring if you present them that way. But if you present them in the right way, the kids really want to do better. And actually, that's what makes kids like to do something is when they feel pride in it, when they feel their successes, when they feel that they can do things better than they could do before. Things that they were ashamed of before, embarrassed about, or, you know, they they compare themselves to their classmates all the time. And if they see that, like, oh, my writing's terrible compared to this kid next to me, those perfect letters and their cute little hearts above their eyes and, you know, that kind of thing. And then they see their own work and it scribble scrabble looks like a kindergartner did it. They feel pretty bad about it. So kids feel really good when they see their progress, when they see their success, and they know that they're doing better than they were before. And it makes such a huge difference. So I had mentioned cursive before. So I one thing that I've definitely done is show them some cursive strategies for some of them when their printing is so terrible. And I just want to do a bit of a reset on how do we hold pencils? How do we, you know, line up paper and things like that? So do you teach mainly printing or do you teach cursive as well? Or what strategies do you use to decide, you know, between the two maybe? Let me know a little more about how you do, what kind of focus you have with your handwriting instruction. 
Well, this is actually a perfect segue when we were talking about the older kids and their frustration and struggles. So there are times when um, we we sometimes just put print on home. If it's causing so much frustration and avoidance, I just say, let's take a step back there. Let's pause on that. And I introduce cursive because it is new. And often kids with that novelty, they're more motivated and it's fun and it's fancy when they're right. So you you kind of win them over a way. It's starting fresh from scratch. They don't have those those core habits already built. So we absolutely we teach print, we teach cursive, and we also work with some kids on some keyboarding skills too, if that's part of their goals as well. Because essentially, what we want is them to get their thoughts out into paper. That's the that's the goal. However, we can get there. That's what we're gonna do. But what we found is a lot of times kids who struggle with writing that maybe have dyslexia or dysgraphia, they actually are, their cursive is beautiful. They learn that skill. And then, I mean, some of our parents, they're like, that's not my kid's cursive writing. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. Because it is, it is, does not even look near what their print looks like. And then they have that sense of pride that makes them more motivated and that makes them a better writer um, and everybody's just happier, right? So I love teaching cursive and so many of the schools don't really put an emphasis on it. Sometimes it's not even a part of their curriculum. Some schools are starting to bring back cursive. They might be teaching it maybe um, in one grade and then that's it. And then they forget about it. So there's not that repetitive practice and coming back to it. Um, and therefore, the, those skills are kind of lost. Or if that child isn't in that school and that grade at that time, um, they kind of miss out on that too. So we we often have kids come to us who their print is is fine. Their parent just wants them to learn cursive. And so that's great too. Well, I'm like, we can do that as well. And we've made some really, really good progress on that. I think of one client in particular, she was in middle school and she has um, dyslexia and dysgraphia. And we, we taught her cursive and she is finally able to write essays because of that. She can't, she could not, before she could not write in print even a sentence. And so just to see that success and that confidence uh, is really, really game changer. So I'm a huge proponent for cursive. I love it. Yes, I've had a few kids that I've taught them their cursive and it is definitely better than a lot of their printing. It's just getting them to use it outside of my office sometimes <laughs> where they'll bring me their essay from schools. Like, why does your essay look so terrible? Why didn't you write in cursive? You know how to write beautifully in cursive. They're like, well, I couldn't remember some of the capitals. So I just went to print. <laughs> Ah, killing me, kid. But we just need to keep, you know, teaching them how they can bridge their handwriting into other areas. And it is so nice to see that there is always hope. And I do find the kids love writing in cursive, actually. It's actually the parents who are like, cursive's outdated. They don't need to learn that anymore. But the kids themselves are always actually really excited. Like, can you teach me cursive? Or they'll write the name at the top of their spelling pages with me. Be like, look, I wrote in cursive. I was like, actually, this is definitely not your name in cursive, but I will teach you the right way to write your name in cursive. <laughs> Because they will do their own like made up version. And so that's when I'm like, you know, what? if you want to learn that, then sure, because it's good for your brain and, you know, it doesn't ever hurt anyone. And then everyone needs to have a signature, you know, very important. Yeah. And, you know, they also not only need to write it, they need to be able to read cursive. So that's the beauty of learning to write in cursive is that they're also going to be learning to read in cursive. And 
that is huge because I do see a lot of kids come in and say, I don't know how to read my grandma's letter. I don't know how to read this history project or whatever. So it kind of has that part too. Absolutely. Or even like menus, like fancy restaurants will often do the little like cursive script menus or it's like that weird like fakey cursive, but still doesn't look quite like a regular letter. Or the kids will see like a cursive cue and they're like, what is that? <laughs> and they don't really like know that it's even a letter. They're like, is that a number two? I'm like, no, it's not. It's definitely not a two. <laughs> and so it's just so important that we keep em- emphasizing handwriting, especially, you know, with some of these kids who didn't get that instruction when they should have. And I'm so glad that you were here with us today. Is there anything else you would really like to share or tell our audience about handwriting? Oh, goodness, there's so much. I could talk for <laughs> hours about handwriting. <laughs> um, I think the most important thing I would want parents to know is that, A, it's never too early. Or, I mean, never too late. I'm sorry. It's never too late to help the child. But also, we don't have to be pushing handwriting at three and four years old. We actually don't want to do that. What we want to do is build up their skills for so build up their strengths, build up their core strengths, their fine motor skills, have them use Play-Doh and putty and beads and any kind of manipulate manipulative and multi-sensory tools. All of these have, need to be happening in those early years, those preschool years, because developmentally Children aren't even able to write diagonals until age five. And that's a lot of our letters. So we don't want to really go there before that because then they're then they're gonna establish bad habits and 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 not really be the most fluent writer. So I would definitely recommend that as well, building up those foundational skills um developmentally. And then also just letter play. I love letter play, you know, in those preschool years too. Just learning the letters, using three-dimensional letters, building the letters with sticks. Um, be for writing. Um, and you know, I think a lot of it is also advocating. Our parents really are going to have to be advocates for their children to to get the help that they need in school as well as out of school. So. Often we have parents that just have do a consultation with us just so that we can help walk them through that as well. That's so important. And it, I've actually seen the x-rays of the little tiny hands of kids. And when you look at the little x-ray of the three and four-year-old compared to the five or six-year-old, there's massive differences in their physiological components because they're growing. Their bones are growing. Their joints are growing. All these things. So they actually aren't meant to do the same things. And I see so many parents trying to push to get perfect handwriting when they're like in preschool when that's not really their goal. Teaching them to do things like Legos makes a huge difference because they can do their little pinchy fingers, which, you know, you use those same pinching, you know, movements to hold a pencil and things like that. And so if we can just keep embedding the things that get them ready and remembering that they are kids and playing is part of learning. And that is so important. I have a blog post that you had written for us that I had shared with us on a previous episode. So audience members, as you are listening to us, if you would like to read the blog post that Kelly has done for us to teach you even more about handwriting, that will be linked in the show notes for you. And then tell us how they can find you, Kelly, and what you have to offer. And I can put it down in the show notes so anybody listening to this can click and then find out more about you and Handwriting Solutions. So our website is handwritingsolutions.org. You can also email me at kelly, K-E-L-L-I, at handwritingsolutions.org. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And what I love to provide with 
anyone is a free consultation. So if you just want to talk through some struggles, if you're a parent and your child is struggling, or if you're just curious if they are on target, if you're a teacher and you need help with a student in your class, or you want to learn how to facilitate more handwriting in your classroom, if you're a therapist and you want to learn more about dysgraphia, I offer a free consultation and I, that is just my favorite thing. I love getting on a Zoom call or a phone call with with people and talking handwriting. So definitely take advantage of that. It's free. You know, there's there's no loss there. You're only going to gain information. So hopefully audience will, will take advantage of, of this. And I would love to hear from them. And again, thank you so much, Lisa, for having me on today. Um, I have a, like you mentioned, a blog as well that there are gosh, 70 articles probably all about handwriting. So if you want to deep dive on that, check out um, on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing such a wonderful offer with my audience. I'm sure a few of them will be taking up on it. And so thank you so much for joining us. And it has been such a pleasure having you here today. And I'm so glad that my audience can learn from you because while I am an expert in all things dyslexia, I like having experts in other genres that I don't dive nearly as deep in my research as you do. And so I'm so glad you were able to share your knowledge with us today. And thank you so much. And everybody, if you want to learn more about Kelly, check the show notes. Or if you go to parnelloeducation.com and you click on the link with all of the blog posts and the podcast stuff, you can also find it there too. All right, friends, that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you gained so much extra knowledge about handwriting from our interview today. And don't forget, please, please, please go share this podcast with a friend because this is how podcasts get found is mostly through people sharing with friends and family. So if you could share this with a parent or educator that you know who could benefit from it, it would mean the absolute world to me. That's it for today. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.